The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're rolling through the All 32, a semi-successful uh, series. Where actually, it's been very enjoyable. Um, where we cover all 32 NFL teams, bringing in experts to talk about those teams. Joining us today, Garrett Downing to talk the Ravens, a digital host for the – is it BaltimoreRavens.com or Ravens.com? Yeah. I can never yeah, BaltimoreRavens.com. Yep. I think actually maybe both work, but BaltimoreRavens.com is the official, the official one there. Well, because what happens is teams with like animal names, yeah. like the Lions, or you know, it, it, this happens with the Giants too. I think the Giants might have Giants.com, but the San Francisco Giants had to go to SF Giants. It's mm. it, like obviously someone else probably had Ravens.com. You know, right? It's, 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 it's right. Complicated. Yeah, SEO I think the the, the the the. If you do the full BaltimoreRavens.com, you're set. So I always just refer to it that way. Yeah. Um, and actually, I just did Ravens.com to test it out, and it doesn't work. So BaltimoreRavens.com. You got to do the oddly, full thing. Oddly enough, if you go to Ravens.com, it, it, did yours re- redirect to Yale football on <laughs> Amazon.com? <laughs> it did. Amazon searched for a Yale football book, um, which is, is quite odd. interesting. I, I've got to we, – we might have to do a separate, like, behind the, like, oral history podcast on why – Somebody who owns Ravens.com is redirecting it to the history of Yale football. That is, that is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Anyway, um, let's, uh, let's talk about the actual Ravens instead. Oh, and you can follow Garrett on Twitter at GDowning14. Uh, man, what a, uh, what a season for the Baltimore Ravens. It was uh, less than, uh, God, what, what, what offseason was it where it was like, you know, are we sure? I guess it was two years ago. It was like, hey, John Harbaugh's time. You know, maybe things are getting a little tired. And like, oh, you know, he's been there too long. Is there a reset coming? And then the then the Ravens come out this past year, and they're the best team in all of football. Lamar Jackson wins the MVP unanimously. They and I mean, I thought, and I guess I, I'll ask you this, and you you'll probably know better than I would. It seems to me that what they did better than almost many other teams in recent NFL history is that they built an ecosystem specifically designed for Lamar Jackson to accelerate his talents and to utilize his talents. I mean, that's a fair way of putting it, right? 
Yeah, I think it is fair. I mean, they went all in. They didn't try to kind of straddle the fence and figure, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see if, or they didn't try to do what a lot of teams I think would do with a guy like Lamar and say, we're going to make him fit our system. Um, I think that's kind of an old way of thinking and the Ravens didn't approach it that way. They looked at it and they said, this is a guy with the transcendent set of skills. Let's figure out how we can make the team and the offense best cater to those versus the opposite. Um, and so they went all in on Lamar. Uh, they made the decision really in the offseason, once they made the transition full-time from Flacco to Lamar Jackson, Greg Roman takes over as the offensive coordinator. They come up with a whole new offense, a whole new system. And at this time last year, they were kind of still in the infancy of putting that system into place uh, over the course of the offseason and training camp. So, yeah, I, I think that it's a really interesting way to look at Lamar's development. Obviously, he's a tremendous player. Uh, sure. You don't win the MVP. You don't win the Heisman uh, without being a tremendous player. But I also think that the Ravens organization, John Harbaugh, his coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for being bold. You know, it, it seems like an easy decision now. Right. It seems, but the, like at this time last year, the notion was, well, the Chargers kind of exposed Lamar in the playoffs. Um, he, that was, that was the secrets out. That was the book on how to stop Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Are you really sure he can't pass all that stuff? And so the Ravens said, we're going all in on this. We believe in this guy. And obviously the proof is in the pudding for what he did in his first full season as a starter. Yeah, I like, the Ravens are the third favorite to win the division behind Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland coming into mm-hmm. the year. And even when they sort of came out hot and, and didn't, you know, look like a, a potentially explosive offense, it's like, well, let's, you know, they play the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Like, let's see what happens when they run into to reasonable competition. And uh, they rejiggered the offense on the fly. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to love about what they did. How do you... How do you look at this team and do you look at this team and say, okay, what they did last year is repeatable or is there some regression coming? And, and what have you seen for, you know, what have you heard from them talking this offseason? It's a weird offseason. I get it. Yeah. Uh, they do have the continuity of the coaching staff and, and most of the players is a huge help. Do you think last year is a repeatable thing for this Ravens team? I do think it is repeatable, but I think that there are going to be some significant changes in this in a couple ways. One is you're not catching anybody by surprise. I think that there was an uncertainty about the Ravens last year and really even week one, you know, they came out and they blow the doors off Miami. They, what, 59, whatever. I can't remember. It was was a slot. I mean, it was, it was just, they put up 50 points. It was, it was an incredible performance. Um, And I think that 59 to 10. Yeah, 59 to 10. I knew that. I thought it was on the right track. It was 42 to 10 at halftime. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a complete, uh, a complete beatdown. And so um, I don't, and I think part of the reason for that is that there was an uncertainty about what the Ravens offense was going to look like in that first game of the season. And they just, people didn't know. And, and teams found out, oh, okay, wow, the Ravens are really going to pass the ball with Lamar Jackson. And so what the Ravens don't have on their side this year is the benefit of uncertainty. I think that there's now people know what the Ravens are going to be and what the offense will look like. Um, so that is going to be different. I think the reason I, I do believe that it's repeatable is that by midway through last season, most teams knew what, what was coming. Yeah. You knew what the Ravens – it's not like, you know, you can catch teams by surprise the first week of the season. You can't catch it by surprise 16 games out of the year. And they went 14-2 and two last year, um, and they won a lot of convincing games. I mean, Lamar basically missed an entire game because of all the fourth quarters that he set out. So one thing that I do think will be different again this year is Lamar was so efficient in the red zone, uh, his his touchdown to interception numbers were incredible. Um, threw a ton of touchdowns in the red zone. Is that going to be the same? Are some of those 
passing touchdowns, going to be rushing touchdowns. That could be a shift. But I think that he's going to pass for more yards this season than he did last season. And so I think that there's a bit of a give and take. Maybe the maybe the number of touchdowns declines, but the yardage increases. But I don't, you know, there's no reason in my mind to think that the Ravens couldn't go out there and win 13, 14 games again this year. I I, I tend to agree with you, and I think you know that continuity that I touched on, like the Ravens were. Uh, my colleague Sean Wagner McGuff pointed this out, but the Ravens were a big winner in in the coaching search sweepstakes because. Greg Roman and Don Martindale were two candidates that a lot of teams were looking at and neither one of them got hired away. That's a big, big win, especially with the young quarterback. I also wonder, you know, I think people are like, well, like Tennessee laid out the blueprints. Like, well, I mean, yeah, if, if you can do what Tennessee did, sure, they laid out the blueprint. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I sort of wonder, do you see the development of, and I know that was maybe a talking point. We were recording this on. Oh gosh, I've lost track of days. On Tuesday, it's Wednesday. We recorded this on Tuesday. I think there was a talking point about Marquise Brown's development. I mean, that's, that's like people are like, well, the Ravens don't have the outside receivers. Lamar can't throw to the outside. Well, it's like they, you know, they're going to get better. These are young guys who are, who are skilled and will, should improve, right? Yeah. I think Marquise Brown is going to have a, a big time second season. Okay. I don't know if you've seen the videos of him working out, but he's put on a ton of muscle. He is really good as a rookie. And he was playing on one foot. He missed a few games. He was coming off a list rank injury, major injury. Then yeah. he had his high ankle sprain, I think, in week five. Missed a couple of games because of that. So then he was – I mean, he was hobbled. And he he was open about it last year and was basically said all year, I'm not 100%. I'm not 100%. He looks like he's 100% now. He's clearly gotten in the weight room. And I think that he's going to take a huge step forward and be a dynamic player for this offense. And – you know, even even if you look at like the advanced metrics, the speed, like the next gen stats, he never even got close to the top speed that he had at Oklahoma. He's yeah. going to reach that this year, and having him at full strength is going to be a huge difference maker for this offense. Okay, that's that's a great point, and maybe I think it was maybe lost in an impactful rookie class that he because he was he had a great season. I mean, like he finished with. 584 yards. I mean, nothing like mind blowing, but maybe it's sort of lost in the fact, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. we tend to overlook the, like the, all the injuries that he battled and, and whatnot. Uh, okay. So what about the running back position? Because people got all hot and bothered that the Ravens drafted JK Dobbins in the second round, even though a lot of teams took, uh, running backs in the second round. My, my thing is that I think you look at the Ravens and it's very clear to me. From and I, and I got made fun of this on Twitter, I think even by Mitchell Schwartz of the Chiefs, which was annoying. But <laughs> I, I, I think when you look at the Ravens, you see a team that purposely went out and got guys who run well out of shotgun because that's what they want to do in their offense. Is that is that is that a viable concept? Or do you think it's coincidence that you know Justice Hill and Mark Ingram and J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins all run well out of shotgun and ended up? Um, you know, being picked up by the Ravens in some form or fashion, Gus Evers too. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. No one, I have not heard anybody say that. Um, okay. that that's part of the thinking. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I haven't right. heard someone say that. Um, with Dobbins, I think that he, I, I was surprised when the Ravens took him because running back wasn't a need. I mean, Mark Ingram went to a Pro Bowl last year, ran for over a thousand yards. Yeah. So you have your RB1 set. But, you know, basically the Ravens look at it and they say, this is a guy in Dobbins who we never thought was going to come anywhere close to the 55th pick. So it's just best player available. And then secondly, I think that when you look at it beyond just this year, it makes a lot of sense. You have a guy that you can have for four years and Dobbins can eventually become that starting running back. I don't know. The, the running back rotation will be really interesting to see how the Ravens 
divvy up those carries. They're doing all this talk about a four-headed monster. It's hard to give the ball to four different running backs, plus a quarterback who runs for over 1,000 yards, plus we're talking about the evolution of the passing game and getting Hollywood Brown more involved. Like, there's, there's, to me, it's difficult to figure out what that's going to look like. Um, but Dobbins is good enough that he's going he's gonna to cut into a piece of the pie, I think, for what Ingram had last year and what some of these other running backs you know, have as well. I'll tell you what, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the defense. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So, so the Ravens, it, like, I think it's really interesting when you look at Baltimore's, you know, what went, they were, they were two and two after losing to the Browns in week four. Nick Chubb had, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns, who weren't very good last year, like, gashing for 40 points. And then they just, like, flipped it around. Was it just as simple as, like, getting Marcus Peters and adding him, or did it, everything kind of coalesce? And is that, is that the defense that we saw, the defense that, and by the way, Marcus Peters, friend of the program here. Who's on our on the show? Is he going to uh, like? Are they going to be as good as they were down the stretch last year? Yeah, it was pretty remarkable what they did. And Peters actually happened a little bit later. They they yeah. added they added Josh Vines, who was on the street. They added L.J. Fort, who had been recently cut by the Eagles. They, and so they get these two linebackers who come in and start playing significant roles. They got Marcus Peters. They got Domita Petko. They got these Jihad Ward. They basically got all these guys who had been cut or on the street. And those guys come in and play huge roles, and they end up finishing the season as the top five defense. Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, deserves a lot of credit for that. So I think some of it was done with just Wink being a tremendous defensive coordinator, dialing up a ton of blitzes. Didn't have a great natural pass rush last year, but he dials up a ton of blitzes, and they got and they were able to give the quarterback as a result of that. But then this offseason, clearly the Ravens prioritized the defense. First pick was Patrick Queen, linebacker at LSU. They took Clay. They they. They traded for Calais Campbell. Which, by the way, I mean, what are we, what are we doing? A fifth, and, I mean, a fifth, was Calais, a fifth round pick for him? Come on. I know. Calais Campbell is the quintessential Ravens addition. You just look through their history. He just screamed. I was saying back in February, January, that if this guy hits the market, he's going to be a Raven because he's got the, he's got the off the field pedigree in terms of character and, and Walter Payton man of the year. Uh, he's a guy who's – the Ravens have, have had good success signing guys to third contracts. Like look at Steve Smith, for example, is mm. one example. Guys really late in their careers who still have juice left, and they get them and they get some – Eric Weddle is a great example too, right? Who, who's that? Uh, Weddle. Yeah, Weddle, perfect yeah. example. Even if you want to go back a little further, uh, Matt Burke, the center, yeah. uh, played for Minnesota for several years and then was a key piece for the Super Bowl team. Like they've got a long – or Earl, Th- Earl Thomas. How about Earl Thomas, right? Like Earl Thomas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They've got it's something that they've done throughout their franchise history, and Calais Campbell is the latest example. They also got Derek Wolf. Um, and so 
my point is just they put significant resources into the defense this offseason, and I think they're going to be much better this offseason than they were this season than they were last year. Yeah, it's hard to really find a weakness. And, I mean, you look at it and you have, like, Marlon Humphrey, who's, you know, developed into quietly one of the best cornerbacks in the league and doesn't really get the credit for, obviously, a former first-round pick. Uh, you have Earl Thomas there. I, I mean, it's it, – it does – like, I, I just don't know – what is, like, what is stopping – what is stopping the Ravens from being good? They, there's so much continuity and veteran leadership. I just think you look at this team and it's like, it is, it is really difficult to find a weakness. Yeah. I, I'm not just saying this because I work for the Ravens, but I think they're, <laughs> they're stacked. I mean, they're, it's a stacked roster. It's a stacked team. I think the biggest hurdle we'll have to overcome is now they have the expectation. Like the expectation inside the building and for a lot of people outside the building is that the Ravens at a minimum are in the AFC championship this year. Yeah, that's the expect. That's like a starting point, and even beyond that, I think that there's a big expectation that this team's going to get to the Super Bowl and maybe win it. So, I think that dealing with those expectations is the biggest challenge. And like I said earlier, they're not catching anybody by surprise, and so you have to adjust. It's kind of a different way of thinking. They're going to get everybody's best shot. Everyone's going to want to stop the MVP and get up for playing Lamar Jackson, and so that is a bit of a different mindset or approach. For sure every single game. So what was the reaction internally that you, that you've heard to Lamar's comments about the Titans? And I, I don't, I mean, like, I mean, like, Lamar Jackson's an incredible player. I, I, I went to NC state. I root for NC state. I watched him destroy NC state at Louisville. Like I watched a lot of Lamar Jackson. Like I, I always, I bought in on Lamar Jackson the whole way through, but like, and I, so I, I don't really take too much away from it, but I can't imagine they love the idea that he's like, well, yeah, we sort of, kind of got complacent heading into the playoff game. And in the same vein, do you think it's fair that this this undercurrent of Lamar Jackson hasn't won a playoff game chatter out there? I don't, I don't think it's fair either, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I think that on the, on the second part, I think that, like, Lamar is motivated by that fact. He's heard it, um, and he's using that as motivation, and he recognizes that in order for him to take the next step, um, he has to win a playoff game. They've got to win in January. And so I think that that is very much top of mind for him. In terms of overlooking the Titans, you know, I think that there's, to a certain extent, a little uh, too much being made of it in the sense that at least what I took from Lamar's point on that is not that the Ravens came into that game and didn't prepare well. It was more that that team, like that team was convinced, and a lot of people were, that they were going to the Super Bowl. They just felt like, they had one. They had won 12 straight games. Everything had been going right. They're blowing out teams on Monday Night Football and spending the, the second half on the sidelines. Like everything seemed to be moving in the direction of that team making a deep playoff run and getting to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. Like they weren't scared. They weren't shy at all last year about talking about how the Super Bowl was the goal and the expectation. So then, when you get into that game against the Titans, then all of a sudden um, you, you lose. I think they were like. For a lot of the guys, losing to the to losing that game never really even crossed their minds. They were so, right. so I think it's a little bit different than we didn't the, the, than him saying the team wasn't prepared versus the team was just so shocked that like so losing to sort of like we had we had not we didn't not like they had given themselves the Super Bowl, but they were convinced that their destiny. I mean, because you you look back on it and like. I mean, they blew out the Patriots. They throttled the Bengals. They blew out the Texans, blew out the Rams. Close games against the 49ers and Bills, but they both win those. And then destroy the Jets, Browns, and Steelers down the stretch. Like, there wasn't 
there wasn't much to worry about in, right. in the, you know, so maybe I guess what you're saying is they just felt like they're, they were going to do what they'd been doing and execute and their destiny was the Super Bowl. Exactly. And when they lost that game, it was just shocked. So, I mean, I did not go into that game that week saying, man, this team seems unfocused. Like I felt going into that game that that was a 10 point win for the Ravens. Um, and so I think, I think they were very well prepared and ready for the game. I just think that all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter, the third, late in the third quarter and a game that you never expected to lose is suddenly out of your grasp. And it just, I think it caught everybody by surprise. I'm trying to think what the stat was. I tweeted it and I can't find it now, but it was like, they had, oh yeah, they had drives that ended, um, at the Titans 36, 31, Titans 4, 18, 31, 15, 16, 21, and they came over with 12 points. Like that's, yeah, that's just yeah, tough. It, was, it was just a weird game. They got stopped on fourth and one twice, which they hadn't been stopped on fourth and one all season. They'd been a team that goes for it on fourth down all the time. And they get yeah. it all the time. Um, just like weird things happen. And then all of a sudden the game's out of reach and then you have to pass a ton to try to get back into it. And it just, the game got out of hand in a hurry um, and some weird, weird things happened like the fourth down examples. Um, and I think that's more of what happened versus, you know, similar to last year. Now the Titans have the blueprint. Um, I, I don't think that, first of all, like you said earlier, it's, it's not easy. Not every guy, not every team has Derrick Henry in the backfield. So that's part of it. Right. Um, and, or not every team has Dean Pease, who's the same guy that just happened to play in the Super Bowl against Greg Roman and Colin Kaepernick and knew how to design for the Ravens, ironically, knew how to design like the exact scheme to slow down a similar type of offense. I mean, that's, that's sort of just, you just ran into a, a, te- a, a team that was getting hot on a, on a bad day that had a coach that knew how to scheme up the defense. Right. I totally agree. And things just went against them that day. It was a weird game. And, and I don't think that it's necessarily a precursor of, of what's to come. All right, Garrett. Great talk on the Ravens. Appreciate you hopping on. We'll be back uh, for more teams tomorrow. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.